0: Port of Notions is brought to you every week by Face2FaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering cards, singles and products. Check us out at Face2FaceGames.com where you can pre-order gay Crash singles, boxes, fat packs and more. So has Daybreak Coronet dropped yet? After the spoiling of wehatehexproof.com? What do you mean
1: has it dropped? It's like a two-cent card. <laughs> it's about 20. Oh, my
0: God.
1: Seriously? What's that? It's at 20 bucks on PC. Oh, my God.
2: How are they worth
1: this? I don't understand what's going on here.
0: Good evening and welcome to episode 64 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, just two of the regular hosts. First of all, it's Will. That's me. You're back.
1: I am. I I actually was, like, sick and a headache, and I was like, don't worry, I can do this because I'm not a, you know, a wussy like Travis. Uh, but I actually, like, passed out. I, like, woke up and it was, like, 10.30, and I was like, why are there no messages on Facebook saying that, like, I should have been there?
0: So what you're trying to say is that you are a wussy.
1: Oh, I was conscious through my I just didn't sleep. Pardon? What are you talking about? You're like, I can't be on the show, guys. I'm I'm on the couch and I and I have the sniffles and and I need my 3-year-old to come come blow my nose.
0: We also have Travis with us today.
2: <laughs> hey kids, crack is whack.
1: <laughs>
0: what? No roll tide. <laughs>
2: I look. I, I, have, I, I, I enough in our
1: I, superiority. I, I, I admitted to Travis, uh, you know, on Moto bef- way before the game that I was pretty sure that Alabama was going to roll. The only I, thing it, I was talking about it, was it I
2: referred to it as a game. Did you put the air
1: quotes around it? Well, they did play like there was football and there was two sides, so technically it was a game.
2: It was a slaughter. Yeah. Was it
0: a slaughter game? It was
1: a slaughter game. Ah, see what I
0: did there?
1: Yes, Notre Dame is gold and Alabama is red, so we're halfway there.
0: Okay. (laughs) And there were lots of black players. That works.
2: You're allowed to say that. Yeah.
0: I am allowed to say that. You can make
2: that joke. I couldn't. I was waiting on you, Chris.
0: Okay. So what we're going to talk about this week is uh, the card that seems to be all the rage at the moment, and that's Ethereal Armor. It's winning Grand Prix, it's top fouring PTQs, it's everywhere. Uh, of course, it might have something to do with the fact that Geister St. Traft and other cards are being played as well. A
2: slip-bogle.
0: A slippery-bogle. But uh, Ethereal Armor is the one mainstay, both in Modern and in Standard. So we're going to start with Grand Prix Atlantic City, which went down this past weekend. Won by... Uh, who won that, Will? Sorry, I was... Uh...
1: Uh, one of my good buddies, John Stern, won that.
0: Ah, right. Uh, who was uh, repping face-to-face games with the shirt?
1: Yes. I was actually supposed to be there, but I, uh, I was unable to make it because they rescheduled my laser eye surgery. So driving down there was not a good idea.
0: No, probably not. Uh, John beat uh, perennial second-place finisher Josh Adelayton in the finals in the Mirror Match, both of them playing the Band Aura's deck uh with former guest of the show Brad Nelson pulling in a top 4 finish and making it to the pro tour which is awesome
1: Agreed That's where he belongs There's a few uh, differences between the decks but otherwise uh they're pretty similar and what's odd is that like they didn't actually like it's two decks that like they came to completely on their own
0: Yeah, well, it had been, like, Michael Jacob was playing it on stream. It's been around in various incarnations since uh, Smitty's Hexblade deck, uh, way back when swords were still legal. Uh, I know a guy played it locally at FNM a few weeks ago when I was playing the Bruna deck. Uh, He didn't have uh, some of the cards, but I know he had Geist and Rancor and Ethereal Armour.
1: Alright, I know. I know. Watching the uh, the top eight stream, that uh, Marshall and uh, Nate were joking about it. That uh, these guys basically were decided to build random decks uh, before uh, before Christmas, just for their cr- fun Christmas streams. And it turns yeah. out they're in the top eight.
0: Basically, they took guys and to send and some draft leaving. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, between that and also between uh, Brad's deck, Nate, Marshall. I think Marshall said t- it was him who said I thought. Brad was just punking us. I didn't think this was an
0: actual deck. So what we're going to talk about is basically how we can combat these decks, both in Standard and in Modern. Uh, Since Standard is uh, is the one that most people play, we'll start with that. But Modern being the PTQ format right now, I think we'll go a bit more in-depth on the Modern deck uh, to make you happy, Travis. Yay! Never make that noise again. Yay! (laughs) Okay, so uh, John Stan's list. Four Emerson's Pilgrim, four Geistress and Traft, four Invisible Stalker, three Silverblade Paladin, four Abundant Growth, four Ethereal Armor, two Increasing Savagery, four Rancor, four Selesnia Charm, four Spectral Flight, three Cavernous Souls, four Forest, one Glacial Fortress, four Hallowed Fountain, four Hinterland Harbor, one Island, two Sunpetal Grove, and four Temple Garden.
2: Man, this deck really is just make a dude and get there.
0: Yeah. The difference is then with... Um, Raptor's deck, he had two Fencing Ace and four Silverblade Paladin in the main. He had four Abundant Growth, two Curiosity, four Ethereal Armor, two Increasing Savagery, four Rancor, four Spectral Flight, two Cavernous Souls, four Forest, one Glacial Fortress, four Hallowed Fountain, four Hinterland Harbor, one Island, two Sunpetal, and four Temple Garden. So, the main differences and the Silesnia charms in John's deck... Yeah. And the fencing aces in Raptors.
1: And, uh, Raptor also has Curiosity.
0: Yeah. Which he said he would take out if he could build it again.
2: It seems, I mean, it looks like the Celestia charm should have put Stern at a disadvantage. Right. He probably, well, no, he in, uh, in he the, the In the finals. Actually, in the mirror, it,
1: uh, it won him a game. Because he used a charm on, um, uh, Josh has used a, Increasing savagery on a Silverbelly Paladin. So he used the Slesnia Charm, and it actually just won him the game because Josh had nothing else.
0: It can also be a creature in a pinch, right? Like, especially in this matchup when neither player has any removal, you can just make yourself a 2-2 Knight and go to town.
1: I think the other thing is, most of the time, it'll be, like, you'll be looking for the Trample as well, which is... So between uh, Rancor and between that, you have two sources that give Trample,
0: which is really good with Solverblade.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the double strike and the, the whole uh, pump uh, getting bigger uh, definitely helps out.
0: <laughs> so, the, the way the deck wins, if it's not obvious, is it plays a good dude that you can't kill, makes it ginormous, and then kills you.
1: Yeah, so it goes... Normally in two swings. Turn one, Absence Pilgrim. Turn two, Geist St. trap, with a Spectral Flight on it and go to town.
0: Well, or Abundant Growth Ethereal Armour kill you.
1: It turns out turn two, Geist is
2: decent. Shouldn't we have sort of been prepared for this? Because wasn't last year they say uh, one of the better block decks? Yes, no, this the, with the, uh, the Wolf Wolfier, yeah. uh,
0: Silverheart. Silverheart, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: It had two copies in the top eight of Pro Tour Averson Restored. But if you look at this, like Stern's deck only has Ethereal Armor and Selesnia Charm, well, and Rancor that weren't available in the, at the Pro Tour. Apart from the land base.
2: I don't think Paladin was there yet either.
0: Yeah, Paladin was in Everson Restore, but it wasn't in the deck. It was available to them.
1: But the other thing is, like, this deck does that the other one doesn't, is this deck works much more as a one-shot kill. Yes. Whereas the other one was, you know, they couldn't actually one-shot you. It was, you know, grinding out. And they used Abundant Growth instead of (coughs) coupled for theory Armor. It was much more for the drawing and the mana-fixing.
0: Mana-fixing, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm putting it on a Cavern of souls is still one of the best plays you can make.
1: You get all the manas,
0: <laughs> all of the manas. Uh, so yeah, you're right, Travis. We should have seen this coming. Um We didn't, and but
2: that's that's why we're not winning grand prix.
0: I mean, poor old Brad. He was probably pr- praying <laughs> to get a- Ari in the semis. Yeah,
1: he <laughs> he pretty much ran into the worst possible matchup for his deck, which. Chances are, when he was testing, he probably didn't even consider it as uh, an actual deck. No.
0: I mean, if you change this top eight around, and you have Esper Control play Ban Auras, Esper Control can probably beat it because of Liliana. Yep, yeah. yep. So Brad I then has super. an easier, <laughs> and Supreme Verdict, giving Brad an easier route to the finals. Brad could easily have won this GP with some different pairings in the top eight. But that wasn't to be. Hey, at least
2: he's back on the train.
0: He's back on the GP. And in fact, because the GP had 1,600-plus players, he didn't even have to win his quarterfinal match to get
1: there. Everyone in the top eight got there.
0: Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, before we talk too much more about this deck, how awesome was it to see both Zvi and Zach Hill on the circuit again, and Zvi saying he's going to be in Montreal, which probably means he'll be in Quebec City as well, and he's actually playtesting for the event.
1: Uh, actually, never mind that, like, I mean, that's that That seems alright, but there's an interview that they did with Zvi, yeah. that is, like, if you if you haven't read it, you need to go over to the Mothership, and it's pretty much critical reading. Even if you yeah. say, you know, I've never built a deck in my life, or I've never done this or that, like, it's
2: absolutely critical reading. As you soon know, as I, mean, soon I read that, really, I immediately went to our uh, message board and said, yeah, that's like a master's class in deck building.
0: Not only that, but he did a spoken interview with Marshall, too, uh, just before the Top 8. And he talked about his deck and his choices, and he spoke a lot. Like, the guy talks a lot. He sounds a lot like Mark Rosewater, actually. But I never found that I wanted him to shut up, because everything he said was gold. He's also refusing everybody to go on podcasts, so you know what that means.
2: He doesn't like you?
0: No, it means we have to get him on our podcast. Uh, He's he's saying no to everyone, or he's just ignoring people. So we have to get him on the show.
1: All right. Listeners, work on that.
0: So, uh, which reminds me, later on in the show, I'm sure it's going to be Travis's moment of geekery. He may have some uh, awesome news regarding a potential upcoming guest. Hopefully.
2: Tentatively. Yes. Ooh, I'm excited. You should be. Okay.
1: So
0: how do we beat this deck, guys?
2: We
1: kill them faster, like John did to Josh Adderladen.
0: Well, that's in the mirror, and that's highly unlikely unless you're playing Red Deck Wins.
1: I'm not 100% sure. Like, John Stern did uh, 10-0 with this, and what was
2: Josh at after? Uh, he was, uh, oh, he was actually
1: slightly farther back.
0: 9-1 or 8-2 maybe? Okay. But
2: well, it only runs... Uh, Stern's only runs 15 creatures, yeah. and only 8 of those are hexproof. Yes. So... It is very vulnerable to creature removal, um, especially sacrifice effects. Tribute to Anger, Liliana. Well, but here's the thing, right?
1: Because Esper, one of the things, uh, Krista mentioned Esper and he mentioned it, you know, but they didn't run into Supreme Verdicts.
2: Well, with the Esper, if you go Supreme Verdict and follow it up with, uh, Curse of Death's Hold, he's pretty much screwed. I mean, he could play, uh, he has a few plays, but you take out half of his creature base. Or even Liliana. Liliana
1: to to a lesser extent, right? Because like if you if you get the the mana Dork for like say the turn to uh, geist, then you know Liliana is not as effective.
0: No, but you can target the turn 2 guys with a tragic slip. Yeah, now that's that's not terribly worrying. It's the the problem is the stuff that they put the auras on, right?
1: Yeah, which is why I mean, just you know, if you're able to. Supreme verdict, everything away. Then it makes things slightly easier.
2: Or terminus. Or
1: terminus. I'm surprised there was no like sit there and do nothing all day decks in this top eight.
0: No, that's true. The the bank control decks seem to have disappeared. Mainly, be I mean, Finkel was playing it, and uh, he put on a masterclass on camera. Uh, the couple of times I saw him play, once against Max Teets, and once against uh, somebody else. I forget who it was, but. He just completely dominated the match with once he got Alchemist Refuge out. It was just funny to watch. That man is just ridiculously
2: good at magic. It's like he's the best of all time, or something.
0: You know, right? I can't imagine. So yeah, Liliana, tribute to hunger. Um, maybe like a turn three or a turn four Desecration Demon wouldn't be too bad either.
2: I mean, if you could, if you think you can race them, but if they get like a uh, heavy Pilgrim draw, they're going to race you fairly well.
0: Yeah, that's true. Although you do also have in that deck things like Mutilate, which will take out your Geists and your uh, Invisible Stalkers. So that's uh, that's something worth considering. I know Flores has been playing a sort of mono-black splash red deck that runs Liliana, Staff of Nin, Vampire, Nighthawk. Vampire Nighthawk seems really good against this deck, too, because it blocks everything except Stalker and kills
2: it. The Nightshade Peddler deck probably wouldn't be that bad if you could find a way to give something First Strike.
0: Well, touch
2: and First Strike would probably wreck this deck pretty hard.
0: The key is a flyer. You need flyers. Because of Spectral Flight, right? Like, Spectral Flight is what kills you, because anything can block a Geist, but they put Spectral Flight on it, or they put Ethereal Armor on it. So, yeah, you need either First Strike and Death Touch or Flying and First Strike, which is, like, so Vampire Nighthawk's pretty sweet as long as they don't give it First Strike,
2: I'm trying to think of flyers with first strike in the format. Without having to go to uh wait a second, there's Archwing Dragons and Ari Lax's mono red sideboard.
1: Yep, although he said he didn't like them in that. I call mind, it shenanigans. Never mind that, there's a frostburn weird.
2: That's
0: awesome. <laughs> That's actually tech for the mirror. If they go turn two Ash Zealot, you go turn two Frostburn weird, they're just never getting through that thing. No, there's put, um
1: what was his tech for, the other tech for the mirror? The, uh, the Mountain Walk Enchantment.
0: Oh, um, Volcanic strike! Yes.
1: I think it was him who had that in his deck.
0: <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, yeah, the, the, the standard version is dangerous. It can win out of nowhere, and it can win very quickly. So you have to be able to, at a moment's notice, hit a Tribute to Hunger. Fortunately, it's an instant. If you can, kill their mana dorks on sight. And uh, I don't think answering it with stuff like Paracelene is the correct answer, because, I mean, guys will kill you on its
1: own. What are you talking about? That card's like 50 bucks right now.
0: <laughs> no. Um,
1: well, it's it's like 18 cents is the average cost on TCG players, so it definitely went up.
0: Isn't there a card that says enchanted creatures or creatures with auras on them can't attack?
1: Uh. Like,
2: not off the top of my head.
1: In magic, potentially? Uh,
0: I know it's not in standard.
1: It's in standard?
0: I said I know it's not in standard. Oh,
1: okay. Well then that doesn't help out anyone.
0: Well, it does when we get to modern, which we're going to in a second. (laughs) It's
1: like saying, uh, Orm's Chant is a really good, would be a really good card in standard.
2: We just need Ensnaring Bridge to come back. (laughs) because <laughs> that, that's not oppressive
0: I'd love that man
1: well of course you'd love that but you know I mean instead of printing something awesome like Orm's Chant they decided to print uh, Aurelia's Fury so you know we can't
2: get what we want unfortunately And man, you, know what awesome yeah, you, like? say, you don't be awesome if they printed something to deal with tax proof
0: <laughs> yeah
2: about that
0: so is that card an answer
2: what card It's an extremely narrow answer that is there to say, hey, look, we can fight Hexproof. That's not an answer. It's a
1: complete, like, no one should have that card anywhere. Unless there's a specifically Hexproof deck, and it's like 80% of the metagame. Now, on the other hand, if you want to give stuff unblockable, then, by all means, go right ahead. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Sam Black was saying. People are reading that card backwards. Actually,
1: speaking of which, uh, speaking of that card, uh, we need to apologize to Aaron. We're sorry that Travis is a troll. We still <laughs> want you on the show. Hey, it I was, just, it,
2: it was a fair tweet.
1: <laughs> you were just being a troll.
2: Admit it. Some of the things I said may have been a little over the line, especially quoting the reparations. Flavor text might have been a little bit much, but... <laughs> I didn't
1: read that. Actually, what was dis- most disappointing about that card is uh, I saw LSV's tweet that says, like, oh, that's some awesome flavor. And I was like, oh, sweet, it has flavor text. Then I went back to see it, and I was like, LSV lied to me.
2: <laughs> hey, see, familiar. now, if it... Why didn't it remove abilities other than just Hexproof? That would have made it, I mean, if you put a glaring spotlight on something, I could see it, uh, I mean, even Shroud. Why does Shroud still work and Hexproof does it? Because
1: Strad doesn't exist anymore. You're going way too off-topic. Like, way too off-topic. Like Lansdell off-topic.
2: <laughs> oh, screw you, guys. i words, boy.
1: I don't know. Like, can't you just play creatures? I mean, the biggest problem with this deck, right, was that Brad's deck had a whole bunch of creatures that targeted other creatures, which doesn't mm-hmm. work. And then in the mirror, they, like, neither one had removal outside of Selesnia Charm or their own Geist of St. Draft.
0: So you're saying this deck isn't going to be a real thing?
1: It's standard, right? Like Omni doors with Thragtusk and Nicol Bolas is a real thing. Like I, I think this deck is completely is quite is quite competitive. Uh, the only problem with it really is that like <laughs> I think it runs the problem that for uh, when you start playing decks that just kind of pile creatures into play, mm-hmm. uh, you'll run into trouble which, ne- like, I mean, piling creatures into play isn't necessarily a top-tier strategy, but uh, you'll certainly have to run into it through the course of a tournament.
2: See, but what's really that different from playing, you know, two to three cards to sneak in an Emrakul versus playing two to three cards to build your own demon creature, oh. be slippery bogle?
1: Oh, there's, a- there's actually a really simple way. There's this, uh, there's this line on Emrakul. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's actually one word in a number. It says, Annihilator... And then there's a six <laughs> next to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Emrakul could be a one one. But if not for that, Annihilator and Six.
0: Yeah. So the, the card I was thinking of is Song of Serenity and it was in Stronghold and hasn't been reprinted, so never mind.
1: Song of Serenity.
0: Creatures that are enchanted can't attack
2: or block.
1: Oh. That I makes see.
2: me want to sing the theme song to Firefly.
1: I one in a green. I searched the gatherer for Aura. That would explain why I couldn't find it. It's not Struggle, it's an Exodus. Jeez.
0: Oh, so it is. My bad. Same, same book. Well, I don't think they're. Re- I, don't,
1: I don't think they're reprinting that anytime soon.
0: Well, they might. <laughs> so let's move on to the modern deck, uh, Travis. You want to read us the modern list that uh, top four to PTQ?
1: It boggles my mind.
0: <laughs> oh, get off the show.
2: I'm trying to see which one.
1: No, no, the problem with this deck okay. isn't the deck. I mean, that deck's kind of more or less existed forever. It's the prices of some of these cards in
2: this deck. <laughs> okay, we will discuss that. Let me read the deck first. Okay. Alright, four Glade Cover Scout, four Slana <laughs> Ledge <Walker>. four Sniper <laughs> Bogle, four Daybreak Coronet, one Dismember, four Ethereal Armor, four Hyena Umbra, four Path to Exile, Four <laughs> Rancor, two Spider Umbra, and here it is, boys, two Spirit Link. Yeah. Three Spirit Mantle. Oh. <laughs> two Dryad Arbor, two Horizon Canopy, four Misty Rainforest, four Razor Birch Thicket, four Temple Garden, and four Verdict Catacombs. And then it has some sideboard stuff. No. Okay. I'm looking at Price Comparison Guide, Right. There, This card,
1: back in January of 2012, was
2: $2. Which card?
1: Daybreak Coronet.
2: I don't understand this. That's because people could be used to abuse things. Yeah, like your kids by throwing them at them.
0: <laughs> Whoa. No, but I mean, if you look at the card, like, and this is what I did with Ghosty Majesties. Hands, if you just read what it does, like, plus three, plus three, first strike, vigilance, and lifelink for two mana, that's ridiculous.
2: Sure, but then you read that line above it. Where it can only attach a creature with another or attached to it.
0: So actually, on December thirtieth of this year, the card was below five dollars. And it is now uh median is around nineteen. Uh what is it on face to face?
1: I'm checking that. It is uh do 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 nineteen ninety nine.
0: Do they have any in stock?
1: They do. They have one. It's in French.
0: Ooh, even better. What is it in French?
1: I have no idea. They don't have the French version.
2: Daybreak Coronet.
1: Let's see. Let's go to Google. Daybreak (laughs) Coronet in French.
2: I'm just going to gather (laughs) and look at languages. They have that? Yeah. (laughs) Are you serious? They do. Wow. I I just said all the time to decide which language I want to get.
1: Okay, well, obviously you have to get the German one, where it's "Konschen den Morgen Damenwang." I'm not making yeah. that up. It's actually
2: "Konschen <laughs> <cruchin laughs> den Morgen den Damenwang." I don't know the Portuguese. The Portuguese in which it's called "Ariola Matutina." I could go with that. <laughs> that sounds dirty.
0: I don't know, the Italian one is Diadema della Alba, which sounds like Jessica Alba.
1: Okay. It's no <laughs> Whoa, well. It doesn't sound like Jessica Alba. It has the word Alba in it.
0: Right. So you could get it altered to just have a picture of her with a crown on her head.
1: Or you could just actually play a real card and not play this.
0: <laughs> so Daybreak Coronet is a rare from Future Sight. It costs white, white, and it says Enchant Creature with another aura attached to it. Enchanted Creature gets plus three, plus three, and has First Strike, Vigilance, and Lifelink. So, I mean, it's a pretty powerful effect. But, as Travis said, or Will, I don't know, you guys all seem to look the same to me, you do need to have an enchantment already on the creature.
2: Which means you've got to be uh pretty sure you're going to resolve it when you cast it. Like, I've seen some I've done decks, some people who aren't exactly experienced with a deck go, you know, turn to Rancor and then try to put this on it the next turn, and they go, oh, look, we'll abrupt decay the Rancor, and then that's going to fizzle because your creature's unenchanted. So you've got to be careful when you're casting Daybreak Coronet, unless it has multiple enchantments. Very sad. Cool. <laughs> Never mind there. that. Right. You have to play a deck that
1: has Hyena Umbra and Spider Umbra and Spirit Link.
0: See, I don't think you do need to play Spirit Link. <laughs>
2: I, I like the versions that also use Core Spirit Dancer. Yes. that I gets mean, out of hand quickly.
0: Spirit Mantle makes sense because it gives protection from creatures, so it's just not going to get blocked. But I don't know why we're playing Spirit Link.
2: To race the Burn Decks.
0: Okay, so you put it in the board. Okay. I mean, we're already playing Daybreak Coronet to give Life Link. But if you replace those Spirit Links with Core... Well, the thing is,
2: this was a Magic Online PTQ. Red Decks and Burn Decks go up by, like... 90% when you play online. Okay, never,
1: never mind that. Uh, third you have place. to skew your online
2: decks towards that meta.
1: Yeah, well, never mind that, but at the same time, this PTQ, uh, first it had a Jun deck that had four Boom Busts in it. Second it had a Splinter Twin deck, that's respectable. But in third place, well, third, fourth, along with this, it had Living End. <laughs> Come on.
2: At some point, like... Whenever you mention Living End, I have to give Kirk Dupay a shout-out. He is going to top eight of PTQ with Living End. Of course, he calls it the Cycling Circus. The Cycle Circus.
0: So, I just did a sample hand with this deck, and I get Silhana Ledgewalker, Misty Rainforest, Rage of Urge, Thicket, Path to Exile, Path to Exile, Hyena Umbra, Slippery Bogle. Slippery Bogle.
1: Yeah, you have Land Creature Snapkeep.
0: (laughs) Well, I have Land Creature Aura. That's actually,
2: I don't think that's actually a very good hand, because if you don't draw something quickly, you would lose to the combo decks. Well, no, it has Slippery bulk Linen, and Sylvana Ledgewalker. All things okay. relative, it's not a great hand. This
0: is better, this is better. Uh, Dryad Arbor, Razor Veg Thicket, Horizon Canopy. Path to Exile, Hyena Umbra, Spirit Link, Daybreak Coronet.
2: Much better.
1: Wait, did you enter okay, that? Okay, here
2: is mine, my sample hand. Rancor, Misty Rainforest, Hyena Umbra, two Slippery Bogle, Temple Garden, and Solana Ledgewalker.
1: Uh, okay. The I next have...
2: Daybreak Coronet, Verdant Catacombs, and Rancor.
1: Never mind that. I have the Nut deck uh, on the draw. Okay. On the, on the draw, well, okay, your, your three cards off the top are uh, three creatures. So you have two Verdant Catacombs, two Daybreak Coronets, a Rancor, a Spirit Link, and a Therial Armor. Oh, oh, game! <laughs> just,
0: just one or just one creature, and that's just it. it.
1: Turn one, fetch creature, go. Turn two, ethereal <laughs> armor, rancor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> GG. <laughs> Terrible. All right. So, how do we beat this deck in modern? Because I mean, we're not playing tr- tribute to hunger in modern, are we?
2: No, but you no. are playing Liliana the Veil vale, if you're playing Jund. There's also a This lot one of only has twelve attack. creatures, unless you count Dryad Arbor. Yeah, this that is also a tech bit. If you're playing this, if they have a fetch open, they're going to fetch Dryad Arbor. If you're trying to make them sack a creature, so watch out for that.
0: Okay, so the problem with this deck is that all of the creatures are hard to kill, unless you have like a Pyroclasm <laughs> or a Simoon.
1: See, I think this falls into the same category as poison, and it falls into the same category as Niv uh Niv Magus. But poison's better, and Niv Magus is worse. So this is kind of like the middle ground.
0: I don't think poison is better than this because all of poison's creatures die to a bolt.
1: I'll agree. I, I think poison's not as good as this. Then <laughs> you play around bolt, but it, it's in it's in the same realm
0: because spot removal. Nobody is playing sweepers in modern right now. And spot removal does nothing against. Uh, that
1: deck. That's actually not true. There's a decent amount of pyroclasm effects running around.
0: In what decks? Like Jum doesn't playing Jum Tom.
1: Uh, uh, it's it's starting to see more play. I I can agree with you before, but it's starting to see more play. Uh, Tron plays. Tron is playing of pyroclasm. pyroclasm Scape
0: and sometimes fire spot. Scapeshift
1: shift plays pyroclasm as well. This deck is just dead to Zoo. Or uh, sorry, Zoo is just dead to this deck. Like. I am, I don't know what the win percentage is, but it's probably 0.0. Notre Notre Dame had a better chance of winning against Alabama (laughs) than
2: (laughs) Zoo has against this deck. I, I don't,
0: I don't know that Affinity can kill this fast enough either.
2: Sure. If it doesn't get Lifelink, Affinity might be able to.
0: Well, Affinity has Lifelink too, right? And Flying Lifelink at that. Uh, Storm. Yeah, Storm should yeah, probably do I mean, well some it. of the
2: cards, some of the cards that you really can use take advantage uh use to take advantage of this are things like Spellskite. Spellskite gives this deck lots of problems.
0: Uh um, Spellskite is useless against Daybreak
2: Coronet, though. Yeah, but you can get the other stuff. True. Not if you get the first cre- first creature enchantment with Spellskite.
0: Okay. If you get the first enchantment and they play
2: Daybreak Coronet, they're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Herp herp, let's make you. No, that's what I'm saying, you get it turn two. If you're on the play, you get it turn two. Then you turn two spell scout Then unless they draw a path, they're pretty much boned.
1: Oh wait, I just figured this out. If the other enchantment leaves while David Cornet is enchanting it, then Cornet leaves as well. Correct. Golgari Charm. That's good. Um, Actually, I th- I think you'll you'll see an increase in Nature's Claim Blade as well. Engineered yes, Explosives?
0: Golgari Charm is doubly useful because the minus one, minus one takes out all of
1: its creatures. Yeah, that too. <laughs> That's probably a better use of it.
0: <laughs> Engineered Explosives. Mm, a lot of the stuff costs two.
1: There's actually another card that like completely shuts this deck down, which is seeing more and more play. What's that? Chalice of the Void.
0: Yeah, Chalice set to one and you're in trouble. Although they can just go Ledge Walker, Spirit Mantle... Daybreak Coronet, kill you.
1: Right, but it certainly slows them down. At
0: least yeah, absolutely it does, for sure. Uh, but that's not seeing main deck play right now, right?
2: Oh, it's in the
1: board.
0: Yeah.
2: I would like to try uh, another card I've been just been considering for modern in general, Crime Punishment. The Punishment side can, either, you know, one or two, you can take off the enchantments that are enchantment or take the creature down if it doesn't have an Umbra. I've actually seen that played uh, before. The, uh, I have land, too. But it's just field. not. It's kind of under the radar at the moment.
0: That's green, white, black, right? Yeah, yeah. I've I've looked at that card several times and thought it should be playable in something.
2: What happens if uh, since you are a judge, Chris? If I cast I Punishment guess. for One and they have a Hyena Umbra on their one drop?
1: That's a very good question. I stumped Lansdale. Because it says, uh, well, at least for Bear Umbra, I think it is. Uh, if a spell or ability such as Planar Cleansing would destroy both an aura with Teld of Armor and the Permanence enchanting at the same time. Totem's Armor effect will save the Enchanted permanent from being destroyed. Yes.
0: Okay. That's what I thought. that, that is what I said, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Potentially. Let's <laughs> make sure. Let's, let's that is what I said. Yes.
0: Okay. So yeah, it will save the creature.
1: Stupid rise of the Eldrazi.
2: Still wouldn't be horrible against it though. You can well, no, you're you going to get, get rid of the, of the, or the or enchantments attached to it that have an equal cost, or the. Creature. I just wish it said X or less. Yeah, but then it would be unbelievably awesome because it would be a um printing that they can't disenchant. Well, I guess what you need against this is you need a glissa
0: <laughs> Yeah, because there's nothing here to give first strike, right? I mean to get flying. All of the enchantments well, I mean Spirit Mantle still just walks straight past Glissa and waves on the way.
1: I don't think it waves. Okay. No, I don't th- <laughs> I don't think uh boggles are able to wave. Oh, that's disappointing. The uh, boggle's creature type is beast.
2: I would have hoped it was boggle. I mean, <laughs> I would have hoped that a slippery boggle was anything but a beast. Sorry, boggle. <laughs> oh, it's a boggle.
0: Yes, indeed. So we've come up with a few different ways to
1: beat this up. I'd have to run Jun against it. Like I've run Tron against this a whole lot of times, and Tron just wins mostly because Wormcoil Engine is a really good card. Uh, the geniuses who came up with that. It is
2: fairly good. <laughs> Especially when you can pump it out turn three.
1: On the other hand, though, there's another card I want to talk about This in the deck. Why is Aether Cannon just a $10 card? Because it's Stone
2: Cold Bricks, the, uh, Storm decks?
1: But they have Bolts, or echoing Truths.
2: Yeah, but the, that's a four of. They have to draw. There's absolutely no way they can win. But
1: you have a two of. Like, I understand in a
2: pod deck. I don't understand why
1: it's ten bucks.
2: Well in this one if they play it they can equip it and put it outside of bolt range.
1: Right. But regardless, it's still ten bucks.
2: Yep,
0: nine fifty. <laughs> uh I'm not sure. It I mean Shard's it wasn't exactly a small printed set. It's not seeing main deck play as a four of in anything. I suppose that's why it's only ten and not fifty.
2: Wow. You think that's bad. Look at the card under it. Leyland of Sanctity, nine bucks. Yep.
1: That's just,
2: yeah.
0: I just picked up a Japanese one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've tried it in so, oh wait, so many of those, it's unreal. They just, it's like, just... We're dumb for doing so. Well, no, like... It's
0: just it, one of the best sideboard cards in modern.
1: Oh, I no, think. no, but, like, I I have, like, my place at a four, right? But it, it just, like, it's a card that seems to just ebb and flow in price.
0: Well, yeah, because as different decks get better in modern, that card will just get better or worse in the sideboard. I mean, it just stops Storm Dead... Unless they bring in uh, Empty the warrants,
2: well, Let me pose a question to you gentlemen. Sure. All right. We've had a, a little bit of time now. Do you think Modern is going to succeed as a format? And if so, do you think these prices are going to explode by the mid, middle of this PTQ season?
0: I think it's starting to get better. I think the next round of bannings will be the tell
2: Which is what, this month?
0: Uh, it's when Gatecrash comes out.
2: So, at the very end of this month, early next month.
0: Yeah, first week of February is when they uh, announced the new bannings. And I think that will tell us if... Mod- that will determine how successful Modern is going to be going forward. Because there's a lot of people saying, this needs to be banned, this needs to be unbanned, you need to do something about this. All
1: right, I'll, gi- I'll give it to you from my perspective. Because I already mentioned this to Chris... Uh, I basically decided, and have started slowly but surely, cashing out of Legacy. For the main reason is that, one, I have a whole lot of money that's just kind of there, and I've never liked thinking of Magic in terms of money, but at the same time, it's just kind of... I think I've played one fake Legacy event in the last year, so it's just kind of... I cards did the exact around. same thing, Well, So it's just kind of cards sitting around, and I actually showed up at the uh, the modern FNM, the, uh, the first one that was run. At my local, at uh, the local store, and aside from the fact that I was playing Jund, and I ran into four Tron decks, which by oh, round wow. four I was just like, "Really? You're kidding me!" Like, <laughs> opponent's were like, "I understand." I was like, "I'm sorry. I have nothing against you. I just like, I'd like to play against another deck, yeah." Especially because what was funny was uh, for that uh for that FNM, I believe we were 22. 20, 2022, and there were four Tron decks, and those were the only, like, multiples of decks. After that, like, there were there was, like, one Affinity, one Jun, one Hate Bears deck. Like, the list just went on of, like, ones, and then, like, there was a whole bunch of different uh, variety, but I got stuck playing that deck, and I actually greatly enjoyed playing Modern, which is not something that, say, necessarily always been the case in Standard, and I think uh... There's a lot of people that, at least there's a lot of room for, say, kind of finding new cards and working together, like, you know, Daybreak Cornet and uh Bogle <laughs> Enchantments. So I think I, there's certainly going to be a price increase for, say, the more staples of the format, but there's a big enough card pool that there's certainly variety to be built in.
2: And I think we're going to continue to see things like this as the format evolves. You're going to find those uh, rares in some of the earlier sets in Modern that, aren't out there as widely used that someone's going to figure out a way to not necessarily break them, but put them into a popular deck, they're just going to suddenly go from, you know, a 2 or $3 rare to a $20 rare overnight. I mean, I think there's a lot of room for uh, diversity in decks in Modern. That's why I love the and format. I, well, I, I
0: think we've seen a lot of that, too. Like, cards become popular in a certain deck and that price spikes like crazy and then it settles down as the metagame adjusts. Modern is still a new format. It's less than two years old, or it might just be around two years old, and we really haven't had enough time with all the bannings and unbannings and new sets for anything to really establish itself as a perennial player except Jund, which is why the cards in Jund have stayed at a high price. But all the other decks have been good for a bit and fallen off and good for a bit and fallen off, and the cards have spiked and fallen.
1: Well, there's actually one point I want to disagree with you with. They haven't really fallen off. Like, there's most of the decks that, like, kind of built, not really built a niche, but, like, came up, are still around and competitive. Like, they certainly evolved, but even something like last season, uh, the big, I think, breakout star would have been Red Green Tron. Yep. Which, these yep. cards, it's not like these cards, you know, came out all of a sudden out of the gate uh, in Instrad or even in uh, Scars. These were cards that were around before, but someone was just like, hey, wait a second, I got an idea. And, I mean, Red, Green, Tron has stuck around, and it's not going anywhere.
0: Sure, but that's no one as expensive as Jund.
1: No, I, and, and I agree, but, I mean, the other problem with Jund, right, is the fact that it's really kind of taking all the good cards and sticking them together.
0: Although, I wouldn't be surprised if the next iteration of Jund doesn't play Tarmogorff. Uh
2: With the g- popularity of Death row Shaman, I could see that. When I was okay. playing a variant of it, I was taking it out on the side when I ran into Do- Mere right. i got to disagree
1: with you, because I've heard the same argument in Legacy, and Tarmogoyf is still there, and it's always going to be there.
0: But it's it's not, nowhere near as prevalent as it was. I mean, Maverick, did Maverick ever run it?
1: Uh, at some point, but don't talk about that deck. I can't take any deck seriously whose game plan is Mother of Runes.
0: That, deck, that card is ridiculous. But, I mean, Rugged Delver is nowhere near as everywhere as it used to be. And what other deck runs Tarmogoyf?
1: Uh, there's some of the Bug Delver decks that uh, are running it. Okay. I mean, Tarmogoyf is, like, always there, right? Like, and there's a lot of decks that they have the green because of Tarmogoyf. Sure.
0: just going, but you was, know,
1: like, oh, like, top deck Tarmogoyf, five, six, go.
0: Well, there's so many ways to deal with it now. Like, Abrupt Decay deals with it, Smother, Perish, like, you know, it, it's still a really good card, don't get me wrong. But it's nowhere near the, oh, my God, I'll never beat that that it used to be.
1: Well, it's not, but, like, if you're in a top-deck war, right, like, that beats most top-decks. I agree. on top of that, you can Bloodbraid Elf into it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I still think
2: it's just that Deathrush Shaman has really made it less than what it was. It's so easy for that thing to come down on turn one and just set the stage for the game, removing the lands, removing Incidents and Sorceries, and taking the three easiest types of cards for Tarmogoyf to get in the Graveyard. The thing's usually going to be a 2-3, three, a 3-4. Three, a 3-4 for two is not awesome anymore. No, I, I, I can agree that it'll, it'll see less play, right? But at the same
1: time, like, there's always going to be say, continued ways to, that are going to be printed to manipulate with, you know, libraries. And I mean, if you take, like to take an example, I mean, Relic of Progenitus makes Tarmogoyf an awful card. Yes. But, you know, I mean, it's still around.
2: Yes, but it's not one of of the pillars of the format the way Deathrite Shaman is shaping up to be.
1: No, I agree, but, like, if you get an artifact in there... I mean, if
2: if Relic of Progenitus was being run as much as Deathrite Shaman is, Tarmogoyf wouldn't be a card. It would be a a sideboard at best.
1: (laughs) I can agree, but the other thing is that most of the decks that are running Deathrite Shaman have that Tarmogoyf sitting right next to it, right? So you can selectively pick and choose what you want.
2: Right, which is why I said I sided it out in the mirror, but I'm thinking the day may come when...
1: Oh, no, I agreed. Like, there there are certain matchups uh, when I'm playing Jund that I'll sideboard out Tarmacoyf.
2: So there this may is, be future uh, interactions of Jund that can find something better on turn two than Tarmacoyf, like Bloatus Cobra.
0: I actually kind of like Vine or Kudzu right now.
2: It, that card's not horrible. I've I played it quite a bit. It's yeah, not from really a late game, though.
0: Yeah, you don't want it late game, but... Uh, t- as a turn two play, especially if you go turn one fetch, Deathrite Shaman turn two, exile your fetch, uh, Viemasha Kizu play a fetch.
2: Yeah, that's that's really good.
1: All right, but I mean, like so, Quarian Dryad, right? Uh,
0: Quarian Dryad, yeah, it is.
2: What do you think of Quarian Dryad with uh Simic coming up? Don't wanna- this, I I really like it.
0: Actually, I, I I've been uh, looking at a possible deck with it.
1: Okay, the only possible deck is the one where you make infinite tokens, or some variety of tokens, and then, like, let's say using the uh, Boros Battalion thing, whatever it is, or Legion thing, I can't remember what the token generator is, and then you play Biomass Mutation for infinite. Yeah!
0: (laughs) Yes, that's a
1: thing. Uh, Uh, Making your creatures XX is totally a thing.
0: Plus, any plus one, plus one counters on them still count above the XX.
2: Just saying. Hey, I, I have a question. A oh, sure. rules question, I guess. We'll Let me make sure I'm reading the card right. I'm looking at Simic Guildmage. Yes. Um, it's not called Simic Guildmage. Get it right. Oh, that's right. Zamek Guildmage. Zamek Guildmage. That might be why I'm having trouble finding the darn thing. So you weren't actually looking at it. So you're looking for it. You can take this take a second and then take this out. Can't you just control F Guild Mage? Well Shimek right. even The second the, the ability there. Each creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Yes. Can that be used in Malera pod as another way to combo infinitely with Kitchen Finks and a sack outlet? Yeah, that works. Man, Malirapod got better. Don't need Malira so much now.
0: Uh, I don't know if I'd rather have Malera which randomly beats Infect. Well you got both. <laughs> <Denders>. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true.
1: Yeah, that card is the stone What's cold, the, cold the second is awesome also good in there. The stone cold nuts against moth Nexus, so you know.
0: It kinda is. Except that Incmoth Nexus will still have Infect.
1: Right, but it doesn't do anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those corner cases. It's quite amusing actually. We spoke about that on a recent episode of Judge Gars North. It also came up at the GP quite a lot. So speaking of modern, something I've been tinkering around with is a sort of dredgevine variant because I do love me some Vengevine action.
2: Sure.
0: Um Lot Less Troll is really good. Debatable. But I've also I've also found remember Avatar of Discord?
1: Uh yeah, the five three flying for three that you discard your hand yeah. or two cards? No.
0: Discord. You discard
2: two cards. Okay.
0: It's actually pretty darn good in that deck.
2: No, it's not. It has a, th- a butt of three. It's like a light okay. bolt target. Yeah, but if, you,
1: if you play that and you discard two Vengevines and you play a Memnite, boom. No, you don't play a Memnite.
0: You can just dis- you can play it and discard two Grave Crawlers though, or a Grave Crawler and a uh,
2: Vengevine.
1: I think discarding two Vengevines and playing Memnite is better because that way you have eight power attacking.
2: Yeah, but there's got to be better ways to discard that's not so.
1: In in let in let's. Unless you discard two Benjamins, and then you play another Benjamin, then you got 12 Power Attacking.
0: How much mana do you think
1: you have? Well, in that case, you have seven.
0: I'm only playing two Avatars, and they've been really oh. good for me. I'm also playing Demigod of Revenge in the deck. I thought
1: you were going to say only, I'm only playing two mana in the deck. I was like, that's yeah. probably where your deck's going wrong.
0: Uh But uh, Avatar of Discord has been good. Demigod of Revenge has been insane. And... Discarding Dryad Arbiter Lot Left Troll has been really powerful. Especially then when you Life from the Loan them back and do it again.
1: Yeah, there's only one problem with that. Like the, the Dredge Find decks that I've been seeing. What? Travis, what's your favorite card?
2: Oh, Death Ray Shaman, yeah. Yep. Isn't this, didn't Smitty post a deck sort of like that today?
0: Didn't who? Smitty? Yeah. I don't follow Smitty, so I don't know.
2: Oh. I think he posted a, a deck almost exactly like it today. Okay. That, uh, I've, I've, I mean, he was jamming an aggro loam into the dredge bond deck.
0: Well, he, I don't play the, loam. The dried arbor,
2: lotless troll, and
1: life from the loam.
0: I, I play loam, but I don't play uh, Seismic Assault or Countryside Crusher.
1: Oh, for that uh, instance. Please, no one play aggro loam. There's one guy that showed up with it at the Modern FNM, and he was always the one we were waiting after. It's such a fun deck, though. I play it online. I don't think you understand what the word "fun" what the word
2: "fun" means. I do play Turbo Fog. I know what fun means.
1: No, no, it's it's not
2: the same thing. Turbo fun Fog is when the game ends and your opponent has broken blood vessels in their eyes.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I used well, to disagree. Well, for Turbo Fog, that's fine, but for Agroloam, uh, everyone else in the tournament has broken blood vessels in their eyes. That's less fun because then they get slightly more stabby and murdery. In <laughs> which? Where's Adina? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that
0: um, Adina. I don't know. if She's probably at work. Now the deck is fun. I've had I've had uh, good success with it. I've been able to beat Storm a couple of times, but that was more by luck, I think, than anything else. It's
1: pretty much how you beat Storm.
0: But I've been I've been able to beat Affinity with it too, because it can just block all day.
2: Can it block flyers all day?
0: Well, it does have some flyers. I have birds in there, and I have the Avatar of Discord. And plus you have abrupt decay to take out their flyers, so Yeah, it, the deck is good. I don't think it's great, but it's good. And it's worth looking into.
2: I think the graveyard is still largely unexplored in modern. I think there's still yeah. a lot of uh, you're not seeing a lot of dedicated graveyard hate. The gen decks are sometimes running Rakto's Charm, which is a pain in the the patoot. Um but between the Dredgevine possibilities, the Loan possibilities, uh, there's some decks that are running um, discarding Emrakul and then uh, Goryeo's Vengeance getting it back. There's, yes. there's a lot of really good Graveyard synergies still unexplored and modern, and it may be a good time for those while the hate's down.
0: I don't know how long the hate will be down is the only problem.
1: Especially since next block they're going to print Delve. You talking You about hope. Desserts.
0: Yeah, let's have Tombstalker. I mean, wait, let's not
1: Why I like what's it? wrong with Because
0: I don't like that card.
1: It's not played anywhere though.
0: Oh, uh, no. It used to be played in Team America. That
1: it was. That was a fun deck. Turn two, sinkle you. Uh huh. <laughs> Turn three, sinkle you.
0: <laughs> Turn four, sinkle you, him to Torak you.
1: Mm. Oh, actually speaking of which uh on uh I was listening to the most recent uh A Team uh today at work and uh Jay Bush came up with the greatest idea for a card ever for uh for Gate Crash, and I know you're gonna believe me, Chris, but regardless, uh he proposed Rain of Tears with Cypher on it.
0: Yes. No Yes. Oh yeah, I want that
1: so bad just going to Turn 2, Invisible Stalker Turn 3, that Is not the most
2: broken play in the world
1: <laughs> Oh,
2: give me yeah, some of that That would have people ready to just Straight up Like <laughs> people
1: Like straight up, you have one out to that It was that you were on the play And that you're able to have with your one left land left In play, is able to hit a Terminus That's your one out <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man, that's brilliant. Or, oh, you know, you go, you have one line left to play, you top deck and land, and you have psychotic Rift in your hand.
1: That, too. but
0: uh, That doesn't work. But, e- but even no. then, right, like,
1: if you're going turn three, uh, the Reign of Tears, right, you hit one of their lands and then cipher it onto the Invisible Stalker and hit two uh, another one of their lands.
2: Terrible. Uh, so, so it hits like an interesting theory. draw card Cipher spell.
0: So how much would you? How much would a land destruction spell have to cost before they could print it with Cipher?
1: Isn't there one? It, doesn't it cost six,
0: five or six? No.
2: Yes, it had to be a lot.
0: The six one is like smallpox, I think, isn't it? Well, we'll talk about that next week on our uh, on our Gatecrash show. But it
1: would have to cost. I think have it to would cost have to five. cost most like like half their player base. No, I, it, I think
0: it, for five it would still be played.
1: No, I think yeah, it would probably have to cost 6. Cuz I mean, Destroy the Evidence is 5 and uh into the mire, into the mire, I think it was, for Ministrad, that was also 5. More of the mire, you more mean? All the mire? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was 5 and like those are bad Blackland destruction spells. So I think for a good one you'd have to cost it one more, at least. I agree.
0: All right, so have we finished talking about this Bogle deck? Like, do, is it going to be good? Like, is it going to stay a
2: deck? It's it's better than people give it credit for. If you're not prepared to play it, you're probably going to lose. It's it's not bad. I could see it being uh, tier 1.5 at least for the duration. Well, the
0: thing is, it's changing the way people are sideboarding. It's changing the way people are building their decks, and that means it's good. It must be powerful, otherwise people wouldn't be doing that. But it's not easy to efficiently hate this out because the cards that beat it are not cards that are seeing modern play right now, for the most part.
1: I think it kind of falls into the, like the this season's one-trick pony deck. I guess last yeah. season would be like it would have been uh, it would have been. In fact, that was like the one-trick pony deck or Soul Sisters.
2: Although that thing's kind uh. of been enduring.
0: But Soul Sisters hasn't really been a player, and since modern has been a deck, like it's never been anywhere near. Right?
2: It's always been tier two to tier two with ability to be tier one, giving the metagame because it can give Jun fits.
0: Nah. It, well, no, actually, I've played it against Jun, and their hand disruption makes it really difficult. So I don't know, Soul Sisters. It also loses hardcore to Tron, because Tron just doesn't care. Yep. So you lose to, you lose to the be- to the most prevalent deck in the format, and you lose to the deck that beats the most prevalent deck in the format. <laughs> Seems like a deck I don't want to play.
2: <laughs> is Tron the best matchup for Jund, or the worst matchup for Jund in the format?
0: No, eggs is.
2: Ugh. I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: Speaking of which, I just got the shipment of cards I need to complete my eggs deck from face-to-face, so I will be playing that at our next Modern FNM, which is this week.
2: Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah, all the people at Chris's Modern FNM, we're sorry for you. Hopefully he just won't know how to play the deck by then.
0: Well, considering I have been playing it since GP Columbus with proxies, I'm pretty sure I know how to play it by now. Okay, kids,
2: twinges, go ahead and break his fingers upon entering the store. <laughs> Keep him from shuffling this deck up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, one of them plays Storm, and Storm can be half a turn faster than Eggs. so... All
1: right, I think I've found the nuts. What you do is you go turn one, Bogle. Then you go turn two, double, Blessing of the Nephilim. Uh,
0: <laughs> I love that card.
2: So it's now a 5-5. Five, five.
1: Seems good. Then you just kill him with, like, a Daybreak Coronet next why not, turn.
2: Why not yeah. turn two, double rank, or turn three, triple ethereal armor?
1: Well, because if they have, like, a Tundra Wolves in play, then your dude dies.
0: No, not with ethereal armor on Oh, that.
1: no, but, like, before, so you can't attack in. <laughs> you, don't better, be you don't really have kill turn three. Um, what else is there? I'm pretty sure the nut
0: is still turn one, Bogle, turn two, Rancor, Ethereal Armor, Turn 3, Ethereal Armor, Ethereal Armor.
1: Probably.
2: That's one slippery bogle.
0: <laughs> God. Anyway, let's move on to A Random Moment of Geekery.
2: Well, are, go! Are we, are we already at that?
0: We are already
2: oh, at okay. that. Oh, okay. Travis, you go first. Uh, my Random Moment of Geekery is again to remind people that uh, A Memory of Light is out. The concluding yeah. book In the Wheel of Time.
0: No spoilers, I kill you.
2: No spoilers. I was fortunate enough to go to a book signing with Brandon Sanderson, the author, and I did, invite him, was... I did invite him onto the uh, Horde of Notions cast, and he gave me a tentative yes once his book tour is done, so it may be that in the future we are blessed with his
0: appearance. That would be the most awesome thing to happen in podcasting ever.
2: Yes, yes, it would, and I am awesome, and he is awesome. And hopefully we'll be awesome together on the podcast.
0: Yes, I, I agree completely. So it was good to meet him. I guess. Have you finished the book?
2: Yes, I have. I made sure I finished okay. it before I got to the signing because if someone had spoiled it, I'd, I'd hate to have to shed blood. So you can ship uh, it to us. No, it's signed. Why would I do that?
1: <laughs> well, so that I can read it. He keeps saying yeah. this is like the greatest
2: book in the world. It's a. It is a very satisfying conclusion to the series. I mean, oh, he was is the the a series. I'm um,
1: say number no fairly far behind.
0: Nothing else. <laughs>
2: Chris is on pins and needles. Don't don't tell me.
0: Let me guess. Rand is in it. Is he? That is an acceptable spoiler <laughs> to say yes or no.
2: Well, he is for a while.
0: Okay, Yeah. Thank you. There are A's to die in it as well.
2: <laughs> but yes, if you if you ever enjoyed the Will of Time, it is a satisfying conclusion to the series. Go read it. Okay. And, and read right. his other stuff because he's a fantastic writer. Yes he is. Mistborn trilogy is awesome. Way of Kings is awesome. I love Way of Law is awesome. We need to get him to write some of the magic stuff. Oh so
0: good. Alright, well m- moment of getting No ready. we don't.
2: There's one magic book,
1: it's called The Brothers War, and we don't need anything else. Okay. Uh one send me this someone sent me this picture uh of uh, Cookie Monster dressed as Chewbacca. It's called Wookie Monster. I thought that was pretty funny. But uh that aside there is Okay, there's a picture that I'll send you guys and we can you can decide whether it should be in the uh in the show notes or not. But I saw this and I just thought it was hysterical. But my true moment of geekery is uh there is this uh GIF that someone sent me of uh I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's the horse mod in uh Grand Theft Auto Four. Okay. Okay. Apparently you guys haven't seen it. Good. Uh, this is hilarious.
0: I'm just laughing at the lion. <laughs>
1: okay, so... For people who obviously can't see it, uh, there's a book title that says, Fun fact, lions aren't very good climbers, but they can jump 36 feet. (laughs) So there's a text that goes with it, and there's a picture of a lion 36 feet up in the air attacking a giraffe. (laughs) Which I just thought was hilarious, because it should be they can leap 36 feet. (laughs) No one can jump 36 feet in the air. <laughs> That's terrifying.
0: You know, you got this tribe of Africans walking along the plains of the Serengeti, and they're like, ah, antelope. And all of a sudden, they just look up, and there's this friggin' pride of lions. <laughs> it's like, ah!
1: <laughs> so the joke is that they don't jump 36 feet into the sky. Do you know how terrifying that would be? The human race went to survive we all have survived because of dog heart attacks while well, still in Africa. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah! I mean there's a card in magic, isn't that Pride of Lions? <laughs> What's that one with the blue and a white and makes flyers bigger <laughs> Oh my god.
1: And then if you guys click the link underneath <coughs> that's my actual random moment of geekery, which is uh, a link to the uh the horse mod gift in Grand Theft Auto. 4. Okay.
0: I shall have to look at that. Oh, just Alright, so my moment of geekery is once again related to League of Legends, because I've started playing as Morgana and she's actually I'm not terrible with her. It was pretty good. Just so I was I'm interested to
1: see you actually came back. Came back to League it's of been, Legends. It's been a while since you've been away. I was like, What, he's on? That doesn't make any sense. I
2: have still never played League of Legends.
0: It's a good game. Um <clears throat> it can suck you in.
2: Well, I already have one addiction. I don't need another. Yeah, fair enough
1: like, if you're uh, hooked on meth,
2: why do you just try crack?
1: <laughs> yeah. So you're not trying to make the Pro Tour, then? <laughs> Was Travis <laughs>
2: around for this reference? Apparently not.
1: Oh, okay. You missed the reference wherein Chris can uh, edit this out. Sorry, listeners. But I compared F&M to uh, marijuana and uh, the Pro Tour to crack cocaine. <laughs>
0: So that's it for my moment of geekery. Just League of Legends again. That's
1: it. You probably had yeah. something else you forgot because we interrupted you. Because that's what we do. Probably. We're like yeah. the awful children that at the same time are absolutely amazingly fantastic. At least Shh. at least, at least, I, I, at least I am. Travis is probably sitting in the mud chewing on his thumb.
0: Oh, I know what it is. Um. At the end of this month, I'm going to um, a local concert where one of the bands is named The Cartridge Family, and they play rock versions of classic video games. Really looking forward to that.
2: I'm confused.
1: Are you expecting us to mock you here or take you seriously?
0: Well, there's also an Alice in Chains cover band and a Pantera cover band playing. I don't like
1: Alice in Chains.
0: I I don't mind her in chains. I prefer her in handcuffs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Funny story. It can't be told in this cast, but funny story. Okay. No, it can't be told in the cast, but it's a funny story that, that I am aware of. <laughs> but I guess you'll be telling it afterwards. Uh, We'll see.
0: So before we move to shout-outs, Will, you said you had that announcement to make. Uh,
1: yeah, it's uh, just letting you guys know, with Gatecrash right around the corner, our sponsors, Uh, uh Every, as soon as, uh, well, I, I don't want to say as soon, Pretty much like an hour or two right after a spoiler comes up. Uh the card is up on their site to pre order. So if you go to facefacegames.com, you can pre order all of their cards. Uh all of the cards coming up. And in fact, most of them are less expensive than uh on the bigger sites. So you know, go check it out. You can certainly save some money there and you can uh guarantee to have your uh gear gate crash cards uh when the sets released. And at the uh at the same time there's a uh there's a PTQ on uh 19th, September 19th. On September... January, uh, January 19th. That's coming up, actually, as of uh, this Saturday, so I'm not sure when the cast will go up. But uh, they're also running uh, a Facebook campaign, So and uh, a Twitter campaign. So what you guys can do is you can go out, uh, go look them up. It, on Twitter, it's at FaceToFaceGames. Uh, on Facebook, they have the FaceToFaceGames, um, I guess, uh, store page. And what they're going to do is, from now until... Uh, I believe it's the end of the modern season. It may be the end of March. I'm... Not 100% sure on what the end date is. Uh, each day, they're going to have either a uh, promotion of the day, so cards, singles that are in stock, or supplies that'll be uh, discounted, as well as they'll have uh, contests where they're actually going to be giving away free cards. So if you go uh, check them out on Facebook, uh, join the group, uh, like them, follow them on Twitter, you'll be able to uh, keep up to date with all the uh, all the going ons with uh, face face games, and uh, you'll be able to score yourself some uh, cool stuff if you participate. Hopefully.
0: Alright. Awesome. Yeah, lots of good stuff happening with face to face. Got a recent order from them. I've got a whole bunch of shock duels coming from them as soon as Gate Crash hits. Uh at good prices. I'm really excited. So uh Yep, I ordered Prime I
2: mean. Speaker Zagana from her and she's five bucks cheaper there than anywhere else I could find.
0: Yeah, I got a play set of watery graves and a playset of breeding pools heading my way. Because blue. Blows. Well, sure. But
1: hey, it's awful. Alright,
0: it's the wind,
2: With sh- the wind blows, come on! Let's do some shout outs. Travis? Uh, shout out to, I'm only gonna do one shout out to that. Shout out to my wife, Wife Plug. Aww. She she made a very sweet post today about the day being the date we've been together for 12 years, so shout out to the wife. It was she, more like a plea for help, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, she hasn't killed me yet, so. And she appreciates my squirrel fetish. No comment. Even when just, I get the suit.
1: She's secretly trapped in your basement, and you force her to, like,
2: Alabama, right? It's not actually not about, uh, an Alabama fan. Are you kid? Do you ever see the pictures I post? She's like ten times the Alabama fan I am. She keeps telling me to say very mean things to you. Uh, so I'm
1: sure she does. <laughs> most people do. That is most people's first reaction.
2: when You somehow got on her bad side, so... If you manage to come to GP Louisville, she'll probably track you down and like brain you with a club.
1: It's it's what happens when you're like me and you're perfect and you're awesome and you're lovable.
2: And you're an LSU fan.
1: Uh I will not make any complaints for that. Although I will say one thing, uh I'm sorry, but there's something wrong with most SEC fans. Where that they seem to have this they were to who were cheering for Alabama. Like, no, they're your rivals, you cheer against them. That's why. I don't like Notre Dame, but I don't want Alabama to win. So, SEC fans, get it together. Cheer for your team, not the rest of the teams at the conference.
2: How else is Kentucky ever going to cheer for a football championship?
1: It doesn't matter. They have basketball championships. Oh, no, wait. Not this year.
2: Uh, Down year. I will admit that.
1: That's what happens if Calipari doesn't cheat.
0: (laughs) Moving on along to my shout-outs, for the love of God...
1: Uh, you can uh, call me William, but, you know, regardless, proceed. I,
0: I, I want to give a shout-out to Estrus, who runs the Deck Tees podcast. She did an interview with me this week on Judging and the Judge program. It was great fun. It's up now. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, episode 26, I believe it was. Uh, it was uh, really good. had a good time with that. Uh give a shout-out as well to all of our listeners, especially Revised Angel, Good old Heather said she, we were in her rotation and recommended us to a lot of people and she's got a lot of followers, so that was uh, cool. Thanks,
1: for that, that was good
0: to see. Yeah. And she's really funny on uh Planeswalker Asylum as well. So give those guys a listen. There's a random shout out. And uh, that's all I've got because nobody else deserves one. Except you guys and Scotty Mac, because Scotty Mac's awesome.
2: Scotty that is isn't. awesome.
0: So anybody got any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, you
1: didn't ask me for my shout outs. Jeez.
0: Well, you don't count. Go no ahead. What's your
1: first? Sh- no. Sh- a shout out to Ray Lewis. The last ride continues. We beat Denver. Uh, a shout out to, since I wasn't on last cast, a shout out to AJ Ozanich. Ozanich? O- yeah. O- that's how it's pronounced. Because yeah. this guy was nice enough to write us an email after we had, uh, you guys had talked about his deck on the cast. And he thanked everyone except Will. <laughs> Thank you all, except Will. So, shout out. I appreciate the fact that you made the effort to single me out. It means I'm more important <laughs> than the rest of them.
0: Yeah, except you're not.
1: Also, um, what's our email address?
0: It's hordofnotions oh, at... No, hosts uh, at com. Okay,
1: which is uh <laughs> an important point, because... Uh, you know we we've been getting a decent amount of feedback lately or at least emails lately, especially after the fact that we actually read emails on the air and uh the fact that uh you know I get it through uh, my iPhone stream right so I don't actually see what the webs uh what the website is or sorry the email is so I, I thought it was important that we just say that out loud on the show so that if there are other people that yeah. do want to send them in but get it through the iPhone stream uh they know how to uh so a shout out to that guy and uh I'm gonna, it's a simultaneous shout out to, uh, Wizards of the Coast slash Joshua Lemish.
2: <laughs> because
1: what happened was, uh, so far, Gate Crash has been rather underwhelming. See, normally people, like, are like, oh my god, this stuff is insane. But that so far
2: hasn't really happened. I think this set is being undervalued tremendously.
1: Right. Well, I'm, I'm all for that, right? Because normally I have to be the negative Nelly and be like, um, guys, th- these cards are actually awful, so you should just stop at this. And, you know, so I get my Facebook wall is just, you know, constantly bombarded with stuff. So due to the fact that it's underwhelming, uh, Joshua Lemish hasn't been bombarding my Facebook wall and Facebook groups with a whole bunch of janky decks.
2: So a uh, shout-out to
1: Wizards for making a set where I don't get bombarded by Joshua Lemish. That's terrible. Shout-out to Joshua Lemish because he got engaged. So He
0: did get engaged. Right. He actually found a woman dumb enough to say whoa, yes to him.
2: Whoa, whoa, Hey, well, I mean, uh, well, Chris, you found this woman who was dumb enough to say yes to you. So
0: I did find a woman dumb enough to say yes to me. Right. She doesn't exist, though.
1: Uh, but <laughs> actually, uh, speaking of which, I won't say her name on the cast, but uh, to... Uh, Joshua Lemish's now fiancé a sympathy shout-out to you. You know why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No comment. All right, so, on that note, I think we should wrap this baby up. So, for Will, for Travis, and for the absent Adina, this is Chris saying, join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of Notion.
2: Slip (laughs) it,